No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. Hello again, mech fans. This is Duncan Fisher. You know, Solaris 7 is a really special place. That's why I can't stand the thought of some other world trying to take our fans away with a product that just doesn't deliver the thrills and action only found here. Take this upstart world, Noisio, for instance. I recently saw a hollow commercial trying to entice gaming fans to venture to this never-before-heard-of planet to watch mech matches settled not with all the blasting fury of an autocannon, nor the blazing inferno of lasers and flamers, and not even with the whining shriek of an SRM missile salvo. No, these matches feature unarmed mechs playing soccer, games of agility, and synchronized jump jet dancing. I couldn't believe my eyes and ears. The leaders of this planet have really got a lot to learn about what people want to see for their entertainment. This isn't the sort of thing that people want to see out of battle mechs. Why, I even hear that a former colleague of mine, Brett Daverick, is an announcer for these so-called mech games. Well, I can tell you something about old Brett that I bet he left off of his resume when the people on Noisiel hired him. We crossed paths briefly a few years back. It was during the lightweight championships that year, and Brett was assigned to be my co-announcer for the big match. Shortly before the match, my mic mysteriously cut out, leaving Brett as the only voice to be broadcast on Solaris 7 and across the inner sphere. Later, I discovered that Brett sabotaged my microphone in a conspiracy to influence the outcome of the match and the betting on it. Without the voice of Solaris setting them straight, the people of Solaris 7 lost a lot of Seabills betting on the wrong contender, lining the pockets of several big shots, Brett's included, in the process. I can tell you that didn't sit well with me at all, and I got Brett kicked out of the Solaris 7 Announcers Association and off the planet. With Brett Daverick as an example of the quality of the announcers on Noisiel, I'm sure you all are smart enough to figure out the quality of the entertainment. And on a more personal note, one of my ex-wives, the fourth one I believe, was from Noisiel. I can tell you firsthand that there is no more nauseating and sickening in experience than being married to someone from that planet. I'm actually getting a little nauseous just thinking about her and that space rock. They don't call it nauseating noisial for nothing. Pauline, if you're listening to this, know that in my heart you rank a solid step down from the likes of Brett Deverick. And that's all you need to know about noisial, folks. Solaris 7 is still the only place for proper mech action. This has been the Duncan Fisher Minute. The Duncan Fisher Minute is written by David Martin, with additional material by George Ledoux. Produced and performed by George Ledoux and Voices in My Head Productions. Based on characters created by Ferret Bodwin and George Ledoux. Any similarity to persons living or dead is ridiculous. You probably thought it was normal Just a little off The truth is it one time I was But now I'm a robot 
Hey everyone, Darren aka Bombadil here. Just wanted to again say thank you for all of your support. It is always appreciated and very much essential for our survival. As always, if you have the means, please head on over to our website at nogutsnogalaxy.net and make a simple donation or even click through our Amazon link before you do your online shopping and get us a little kickback that way. And again, if you have any family, friends, or coworkers that you think might be interested in Battletech or MechWarrior, please help spread the word. And now for the conclusion of the three-part interview with Brian Ekman, creative director at Piranha Games. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Moving into the next topic we have is launch module. Um, obviously, we have the launch module coming in April, Brian. Can you give us a little bit of breakdown of what that entails? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, the launch module basically is designed to solve uh, three problems uh, that we see within the game currently and solve uh, uh, three needs that the community has. Uh, one is the ability for uh, competitive teams to be able to schedule custom matches between each other where they can control all the parameters of each match so that they can you know duke it out in their own way so that really boils down to a private match where you can set all the rules of the match the mode the map um, the number of players mismatch tonnage limits and so on and so forth so that's that's number one number two is, is solving the disparity in tonnage uh, in public play, where we can have you know several hundred tons difference between the two teams, um, and trying to bring that more in line with where we want it to be, which is a, a lot less than that. And then we want to what comes from this is the addition of, of things that players have requested and things that will benefit the public play a little bit better, which includes uh, solo queue uh, and the so- separation of groups and solo players into a an ecosystem that. Uh, generates much more balanced matches. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that um, when you guys ask those questions, but uh, that's about it. Well, sp- specifically regarding the solo players, uh, currently solo players get dropped against pre-made groups uh, often of varying sizes. Um, how are you guys going to tackle this issue with the launch module specifically? Well, right now what we're looking at, I'll give you, I'm going to spew out some stats here. But uh, approximately 84% of every player that plays our game drops solo. Yes, it's not what you thought. It's, <laughs> no, it's not. It's the complete opposite. So that, that means that 84% of our players aren't grouped. And a group constitutes two, three, or four players in the current uh, uh, live, op- live game. So as you can see, most players are opting to, to uh, play the game by themselves currently. Was this Only... surprising, uh, finding that information? It was. Uh, what's what's in- interesting uh, is that about 80% of matches contain at least one group, so that's a group of two or more. So we know that almost every match has at least a group in it, but the, we were surprised as to how few 
players actually grouped up before they launched. So that really kind of set the direction. It changed the direction of the launch module a bit because we were like, hmm, you know, we're not, we got to build this for the majority of players. So when you guys look at the numbers and you look at your stats and you see solo players, you guys are redoing the, the queue. Are you guys making it so that they play by themselves? And is that because you felt that they were, you know, obviously, were they part of the meat grinder, if you will, or, you know, something, was it uh, pre-made groups were dominating, uh, you know, as far as the experience of solo players? I mean, what was the decision behind uh, behind that? Well, what, what we're finding is there aren't a lot of groups in each match. It may feel like it, but in fact, the majority of matches contain mostly individual players. So the results, um, when, when well, I'll go back a sec here. When a group is in a match, we all we do know for for sure that it can sway the overall direction of of the match itself uh, our matchmaker currently uh, matches by group first so if there's a group of four it'll put a group of four on the other side so it does a pretty good job of making sure there's an equal number of groups on each side but uh, just kind of polishing up those stats a little bit one of the other interesting things is of the the 16 percent of people who who launch or play a match as a group uh 50 of, of those so another about eight percent are only in two-player groups. So 8% of every player that jumps into the match is in a two-man group. Uh, and then it's uh, about 4% for four players and 4% for um, for three-player groups. So if you think about that in the context of the game, 1% play 12v12, and the rest, of us, that 15-ish percent, are playing two, three, or four-man groups, of which two-man groups are dominant. So we looked at that in the solo queue system we said okay this isn't as big of a problem as we actually thought it was because the composition of of an average public match doesn't have massive teams in it i mean obviously the maximum right now is four so then we said okay how are we going to handle this how are we going to make that gameplay more competitive and so the idea for the solo queue which is actually still going to probably contain groups but we're going to minim we're going to lower them down to groups of two and three only in the solo queue and uh that's because of some some of the limitations we're going to do with the weight classing well I can say for sure I love these stats. I mean, I love stats in general, and it, and it's it's always surprising. Usually, when when somebody gives us these stats, um, you know, you kind of get in your mind how you think things are. Um, but obviously, lone wolves are representing. Uh, my question to to follow up on that is: Do you think that there's so many lone wolves because of the state of the game that it just makes more sense for people to drop? So, like for example, do you think community warfare is going to change how people are dropping? That they'll start dropping with their you know, with their groups or units or whatever more. What do you, do you think these stats will change in the future? I think what we need to do, it's hard to predict. Um, we looked at a very long, uh, this is the average for the entire life of the game. So we've seen, you know, the early adopters who were very well organized and we see the current state of the game where there's probably a bit more solo play. Um, so I think this is indicative of an average going forward. Yes, I think when we get community play, we're definitely going to need to beef up the group queue system and really focus on adding a separate place for those players to play. Um, we know for a fact that letting uh, eight man groups into public queue will not equal a good experience. So what we want to do is, um, f- again, focus on the solo queue and which essentially, like I said, has two or three man groups in there and then allow 
the players to go into private matches if they want to run eight or nine or five or six or seven. Um, those guys are generally more competitive and looking for a competitive experience so they can kind of go into that, that ecosystem. And then we're still looking at group queues right now, deciding if that's going to be something we launch with the launch module or like you said when community warfare comes online that important is going to it's going to there's probably going to be more team play again at that point so giving those people a place to go as well awesome all right so you guys mentioned uh recently in a tweet two to 12 man groups and i'm assuming that goes back to you know something that was changed in the past for those that uh did not play early in the closed beta you used to be able to drop with eight man uh groups in a random pug match that wasn't eight v eight. that was just pug match and a lot of the consensus from the community was that uh you know it was it was pug rolling if you will pug stomping and you know i think the community agreed when you guys went to four man groups because it just wasn't a fun experience i mean i run solo quite a bit and when you run into groups especially you know currently right now you can take all four assaults in a four man if you want um it becomes very discouraging and then on top of that i think you just confirmed is you know with elo and matchmaker obviously you may run into a lot more groups the higher elo you go because obviously they play together they're going to have more success whereas possibly a solo player won it so obviously their elo may be lower so how are you guys going to handle the pre-made groups uh with the launch module or are you going to have it with launch module uh what we're going to do the first part will be um making this solo queue with groups of two and three and and uh, the reason why we're we're focusing on that is the weight restrictions that we're designing what we're developing we've talked a lot about with the community we we were running different ideas based on tonnage limits and uh based on slots and after doing a lot of research and looking at the min maxing and the metagame and how players tend to play we settled in on this concept of in a public match which we want to all public matches should essentially be as equal as possible right so in order to make them as equal as possible we have to control the ecosystem of those matches um much more strict strictly than say a private match where you just do whatever you want you know you can have one versus 12 if that's really what you want to do go for it um, but in the public play this is about average players you know good players uh new players this ecosystem we want to control we want to control the experience as as best as possible so that anybody coming into that ecosystem is going to have a great time playing mechwarrior and right now that's why we went to the four-man groups uh, because we had eight or we had nine or five or any any number of bigger groups in the public system it was so unfair it was a horrible experience and it just it it really left a bad taste in people's mouths so what we ended up doing is going with this concept in public play there's going to be three of each weight class so three assaults three heavies three mediums three lights so now you can see i can go in darren phil myself we can all group together we all three of us can take assaults right so we can still roll with any combination we want and what's going to happen is we're going to be the matchmaker is going to look at us and go okay you're three assaults okay so i'm going to put you into a match and i'm going to look for three assault players on the other side and we're going to match you up and then it's going to go through and match the rest of the the weight classes so what this is going to guarantee is that the tonnage variance is going to be much less overall and it guarantees that the composition of the teams will be the same so you're not going to have um you know six assaults on one side you're not going to have you know four lights five lights on one side so in theory and, and we're still running the numbers and we're and we're validating against the data what it should do is it should keep the games fairly well balanced going in and really leave it up to the skill of the player at that point so that's a that's a pretty tough choice because what you're you're saying is 
for random public matches, you're going to limit the player you know, choice as far as how many mechs they can take, i.e. you just said three people in a group. But you ha- you have to have rules, right? Because if you don't, currently, you can roll the four, you know, Highlander 733Cs. And then maybe another group does as well. And you get placed together. And obviously, you can see running into eight, you know, 10 assaults is not fun. So you- you're dealing with that issue. Um, but you're also reducing the overall group size to possibly just three. But from what I just understood is you're saying, well, if you want a group with four, five, six, seven, eight, all the way up to 12, that's what private matchmaking is going to be. And so we have to have these rules in place because if we don't, it just, it, well, we currently see the issues right now in the game. I mean, that's, that's why you guys are adopting this. Is that correct? That's right. And we really, you know, in the public, this is all about public play. Like this is, if you just jump into a match, and you're just you just want to play 10 minutes you want to play two hours whatever that experience we want to control that experience and make it as fun as possible and this is one of the ways we can do it what it also does is it really it simplifies the experience for everybody because what you're saying is when you're in mech lab and you load up your dropship you're essentially going to say i'm going to play a weight class so i'm going to play assaults as an example right so you're going to be able to in your dropship drop take a drop down you're going to select assault and you're going to be able to load up your your drop ship with any number of assaults that you have a uh, space available for and there's there's obviously a, a limitation on the number you can bring uh, we haven't decided what the final number is yet but let's just say four for now so you could bring four assaults of any type you want with you and that you'll be able to select from those four assaults depending on the map that ends up happening and the mode and uh the lobby system and and, and who you're playing against so um it just allows us again to control the experience and make sure that people are getting to one play the mechs that they've worked their butts off to level up or purchased and you know to make sure that when you jump in that you have the best chance of success and the best chance of winning so when you're looking at the launch module what you were just describing is you know obviously some type of lobby you know the lobby system where you're able to you know vote and stuff like that between the players what happens if they do take all four assaults in the dropship and they get stuck with like uh, a heavy um is that are they forced to use a trial mech no what we did that's a that was kind of one of our original designs our original thought process and we just we kept running into uh it's a russ's term a fight club mentality which is we just kept with player choice comes and we give the player too much choice we're running into these these technical issues and these these challenges where people could stall matches out if they were choosing to be not so nice of a player or not a team player and we really don't want that and it also was getting complicated where that analogy you just described now hey you know say your favorite mech is the gridiron and that's the only mech you own and you just spent like 15 20 bucks on it whatever it costs and you can't play it it's like sorry you can't play that mech. yeah that i think suck. that's that would suck big time, right? And that's the that was an edge case that we were running into with one of the designs, and we're like, okay, this is just not going to work. It's not acceptable. So what we had to do is pull back on player choice and focus on player role and say, okay, you're coming into the match, into the lobby, which you'll continue to play uh, every subsequent match uh, in in that lobby as a as a role, so that the class role. So um, if you're if you're in the lobby and you're assigned You've assigned yourself the assault role. You're allowed. You can. You will always play assault mechs. You won't be forced to go and then uh, downgrade to a light or a medium. You'd actually have to leave the lobby and go back and rematch make. So relaunch with a different dropship full of different weight class mechs. 
Okay, yeah, that definitely makes sense. So, you know, us three are in a, um, let's just say we, we're in a lobby. We're all three assaults. But uh, we want to roll, you know, maybe two mediums and a heavy or something. We actually have to disconnect, um, switch over to those mechs, and drop back and, you know, choose. So, I mean, that way someone else then would connect to that match we were just in, that lobby, with assaults um, to, to fill in the gap. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly right. So you still have the freedom and you're still going to have that mech selection. We're just narrowing the band down to a weight class. So you'll be able to fill up your dropship only with assaults. And what, what effectively happens when you're going to be in the front end, you're going to have four dropship loadouts. And one will be light, one will be medium, one will be heavy, one will be assault. And in there, you'll be able to pre-select and ready the mechs you want to bring to the battlefield when you choose one of those, those class roles. Um, now, I'm always, a like, basically, in my opinion, a good match trumps wait time. I play some other games where, you know, the, 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 the wait time could be up to even five minutes. But I'm totally fine with waiting that long if it's going to be a much better match. Do you anticipate these changes adding any significant kind of wait time for the queue? Or um, what, is, what's the, what do you guys perceive, you know, as far as the changes as that goes? I think it's possible in certain situations it can add wait times because um, it's one more variable in the matchmaker. But what it's what it should do is in peak times it should actually expedite um, the matchmaker because it's it's not looking at um, weight specifically. It's just looking at class, which is something we've had in the past in in the matchmaker, and it's a very very efficient way of trying to put players into into groups. So the the lobby, let's just. Let's just say uh, we launch, right? And we're all assaults, okay? So what we're looking for, we launch in, and the ma- and we're the first into the lobby, so there's just us three. Uh, what the matchmaker is doing now at this point is it's going on saying, okay, I need three assaults. Go find me three assaults that have about the same group below as as this group of three already. Boom, put them in here. And then it's going to go and find the mediums, and then it's going to go find the heavies, and it's going to populate that lobby with with skilled, uh, similarly skilled ELO players in the right class. So it, it, it definitely simplifies um, the matchmaker and makes it, more about skill because it's not having to try to find these incredibly perfect granular matches i was gonna say you just mentioned elo um and individual players so again if you're limiting to three people groups it still allows someone to for instance those three assaults actually may be three individuals but they're still in the assault uh class so it just matches you know groups and solos still together and uh but it does that which, by the way, I really do enjoy the idea of weight classes again. You guys did do it in the past. It was a one-on-one. And I think the community, for the most part, enjoyed it and liked it, at least all the, the feedback I've heard. So speaking of ELO players, you know, is that how is ELO going to handle this? Because obviously we've talked to, um, you know, Tyler on the podcast, Jaeger12, and he actually asked for us about that. Uh, he had some instances where, you know, he was you know, failing to find matches. Is that going to be as much of an issue with this because you're doing weight? Are you going to, you know, lo- you know, lower the restrictions a little bit as far as the uh, brackets is ELO? How is that going to handle? Well, right now, the only thing ELO is calculated based on is wins. Um, so you go up and down based on your whether or not you win. Uh, what we're looking to do is uh, make ELO a little bit more indicative of player skill because the game is subject to how well your team plays uh, and how well an individual plays. We're looking at uh, calculating ELO uh, with a bit broader of a spectrum. It's not it's not a, something we're looking at adding right away, but when we do, we would probably look to redistribute 
distribute everybody based on the new calculation. So one of the things we wouldn't necessarily reset your ELO where everybody was made equal again, uh, which in fact we've never done. Uh, one of the things we did even when we introduced ELOs, we took all the player stats uh, for that player and calculated a, an artificial ELO as if they had a played, because it's easy to do. We can just go back through all the match history and replay them for them. So we'll probably do something like that. If we change the formula, we'll replay their matches and give them a new ELO score, which will seed them correctly. I've always been curious about that, the, the whole idea of taking ELO and um, actually using it to calculate an individual player's skill. Um, just out of curiosity, what stats do you do you guys tend to look at as far as individual skill? I'm assuming things like uh, hit and miss ratio, like how many of their shots connect, um, average experience, maybe average damage per match. Are those the kind of things you're looking at for actual individual skill? Yeah, we, we look at all of those win-loss, KDR ratios, skill-death ratios. We look at um, at uh, their damage done. Uh, the, prob the, the, the problem is uh, a, a player can not do a lot of damage and not score a lot of kills, but be a very effective player on the battlefield. So uh, right. it's, it's tricky. We're still, you know, to be perfectly honest, I think we have a long way to go with determining what is a is a quality skill player and i think there's a social element to it as well like there's a there's a community element like this guy really played well as a team leader uh, as a team player this was a great commander he led us well his strategies were sound but those are intangibles those aren't something we can collect in metrics, absolutely so. yeah i was gonna say and then on top of that you, you, you guys have mentioned elo and kill death ratio and win loss ra or win loss being the key factor you know again referencing uh, you know tyler uh jaeger 12 you know they'll drop and they have very very good players and sometimes because of you know how the current meta is they'll drop in you know for you know highlander 733 c's or cataphract 3 deltas and because of that setup they'll run into groups that aren't necessarily as you know um well just proficient. look at his dragon slayers yeah stats. you know when he's you know 88 and one uh <laughs> you know i mean what I'm, what I'm trying to say is I'm not saying his skill is bloated. What, I, what I'm saying is because of the current matchmaker and being able to take four assaults uh, as you move up in the ELO bracket, and we've talked to him, uh, you know, they take them because they have to. Uh, you know, if they don't, they just get they get rolled, you know. And, they, and so it's one of those things where I'm really actually looking forward to this new matchmaker system, three-man group. Me too. Sounds awesome. I think they're going to love it. Because it's weight class specific, you know, um, that's what you're saying, the, the whole class slots. Uh, and then on top of that, I, I wouldn't have a problem with having ELO reset because honestly, let's just metaphorically say you guys reset it on that day, that system goes live uh, with the launch module, uh, with groups, you know, three man groups and stuff like that. I think what it would do is it would, it would bring everyone on playing terms and then they would start obviously getting their numbers um right off the bat i mean within the first day you would start having data and analytics people would be moving up people would move, be moving down but my main thing is you have a solo queue and then you have this group queue solo players could now actually have a decent you know uh elo score because they're not you know like they're not yeah. running into six or eight assaults and you know there's nothing they can do in their medium mech or something like that you know Russ mentioned the possibility of resetting the ELO. Have you guys decided on that, or is that something you're still trying to, you know, figure out? Yeah, we won't. We haven't decided yet, but it's it's definitely on the table. Um, the only concern with resetting the ELO, and I think you got we got to be careful of the terminology. If we reset everybody to say 1300, which is average, then um, there's going to be a probably a week, maybe two weeks, where uh, some new players are going to be severely mismatched, and that's 
not necessarily what we want to do. So worst case, we might create like say four or five buckets, like loose buckets. Uh, so 1100, 1200, 13, 16, 2000. And based on their previous scores, kind of just mm -hmm. start them out in different categories or something like that. I'm just designing mm -hmm. off the hip right now, but those are the issues that we're going to encounter. Now, as far as stats, we currently have our kill death, our accuracy ratings and all that. With the launch module and this new system going in, are you guys changing any of that? I mean, you know, I, I think a lot of people like to look back and say, oh, you know, I have this many kills. And some people are even a little bit, uh, you know, jaded because they don't see their, you know, closed beta skills, uh, you know, or as far as stats, like uh, I remember how many kills I had and stuff. But what's going to happen with the stats? With the stats, we're going to, well, actually with the achievement system, like I mentioned before, we'll be resetting the stats and, and archiving uh, the stats to date because a lot of the um, achievements are, are counters and they're based off, to, off of statistics. So as an example, get 10 kills, get an achievement, get 20 kills, get an achievement. Well, there's lots of people out there who would just immediately unlock those. And we don't think that adds a lot of fun factor for those players. I think they kind of would like the chance to, to, to earn those things. Gotcha. So obviously the launch module is going to tie into community warfare. You were talking about private matches and stuff like that. How does it specifically tie into, as far as the launch module, tie into community warfare? What doors does it open? Since community warfare, the planetary assault portion of it, where uh, two mercenary groups are going to be going after a specific uh, planet resource, uh, we need to be able to schedule matches between those two groups, and those groups have to have the concept of an identity. And really, the private matches opens, uh, you know, puts in an architecture within our backend system to allow that to happen. So once private matches exist, we can now uh, start scheduling matches. We can actually do the planetary battle aspect of community warfare. So that was the the one linchpin we had to get out of the way. And um, we also had to redo the matchmaker a little bit uh, to uh, handle the faction buckets so that we could take... Uh, at any given time, we're only going to have two faction buckets. So right now it would be uh, Intersphere Alliance versus Intersphere Alliance. Uh, when Clans comes out, it would be Clans versus Intersphere uh, in the public in the public faction play. So those two things um, are happening with the launch module and kind of set up the ability for us to do community warfare. All right. Before you go, we just had a few extra little questions uh, you can answer if you can, or if you can't, that's fine as well. But uh, any hints on the next map? Uh, what are you guys working on? Uh, in the queue, uh, we are we have a jungle map that's in production um, that we're massaging right now. We've started a base concept, like a, an attack defend base concept. We're playing around with it right now. Um, beyond that, I can't confirm when they're coming out because uh, we're just again we've been focused on on gameplay features and other aspects of the of the product. The art team has been focused on uh, clan mix and, and that content. So uh, the level team is just kind of testing out some different ideas while we get those other features out the door. Um, I'm hoping the jungle map is looking, it's really cool. It's really gorgeous. Um, and we just got to, we have to get some technical art challenges out of the way, um, just in terms of performance. And once we solve those, I think we'll, we'll get that bad boy out. This is one of the technicals collisions with trees maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no i'm not talking collisions it's it's i get asked <laughs> oh. that question a lot i we love collisions we absolutely want to do it but like um right now it's just it's a real to be perfectly honest it's a choice between doing community warfare or collisions and those are the decisions we have to make right we have limited resources i mean our team is is a good size but it's not it's not a massive team and we can only do so much work per month and 
what we're doing is we have commitments and promises made to the community um, around the launch module. That's our focus. We have obviously commitments around introducing the clans and clan technology. That's our focus. And uh, community warfare and all the features that come with that. That's our focus right now. Once that's out and done and everybody's having a blast, then we can sit down with the community and go, here's all the things we've talked about. Mm -hmm. What's your priority? Because, you know, we've up until the time, up until Community Warfare is released, we have a very, very focused priority. After that, it'll be, hey guys, do you want Solaris? We can do Solaris. We've got some great ideas for Solaris. Do you want collisions? Let's do collisions. At that point, we can open it up a little bit broader to, to the community. I definitely appreciate uh, prioritizing Community Warfare. Can't wait. It sucks. Um, but also, uh, yeah. yeah we want everything now, damn it. Right um, now. So we did just get the, the new mech chassis introduced, a Firestarter. Uh, is there any hints you can drop maybe as to the next mech? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we, we're changing up how we announce the mechs right now. We're trying to decide on a different format, concept art, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we... Uh, I've seen some pretty cool stuff. I've seen seen a mauler being designed. Ooh. Talked about. Oh, shit. So maybe Someone that's... just dropped that on Nice. Mauler. <laughs> so I'm not saying when it's coming out, um, but it's... <laughs> Confirmed there... tomorrow. It's out. That's, <laughs> that's what's going on. Uh, there's there's a concept being done by Alex right now. Um, uh, we awesome. do. We're actually... What we are working on right now, um, we have about... We have two to three more mechs before... Um, the release of clans uh, in the pipe and then right now we're actually sitting down and we're mapping out all the mechs that are going to come out uh, from june for eight months because uh, obviously we're going to do similar to phoenix we're going to release the mechs in order um uh, uh each month like we did with the phoenix that allows those who pre-ordered it to feel like they really got some extra value so i really encourage you to get those clan mix early because it's going to take up to up to eight months to get the last uh, clan mech out um but during that time we don't want to freeze content we don't want to have this hole of no new mechs so uh we're going to re release eight intersphere mechs during that period of time um and kind of stick to our, our current intersphere mech creation so you guys are doing clan nis each month that's what we're going to do for those first eight months. We're going to see how it goes after that. And if everybody's happy with it and players are happy with it and the community likes that cadence, then we'll keep going and we'll do two mechs a month. If they don't like it, then we'll reassess it. And, and by liking, I mean, you basically people vote with their dollars, right? So um, that's uh, they, if they buy it and they, they enjoy that, that much content and it's, and it keeps us in business, then we're absolutely going to do it. All right. So we can't know the next chassis. Is there any chance we can know the next class? Uh, well, it always goes light, medium, heavy assaults for the most part. I was going to say, we, as far as numbers, I think, Brandon, you were saying the next thing we're doing an assault mech, right? Uh, well, I mean, it depends on what's actually being done. I know as far as numbers actually go, I believe there's still an assault mech out there that is non-existent. Yeah. As far Zeus, as rounding, rounding Zeus, numbers all up and Zeus, stuff like Cyclops, that. Cyclops. I mean, we got a bunch out there. Um, would love to see. Now, I was a little bit disappointed, Brian, that you guys have sort of dropped off the ball as far as we don't see the concept art before the mechs released so it's like i mean even if like you tease us like puzzle piece that crap like uh you know a lot of people have been asking about that too like the fire starter concept art still isn't out um you know so we, we we're wondering are you i guys... will i will you dropped sure. off the ball 
I dropped off the ball. Yeah, it's a it's a process thing, you know, with marketing, you know, marketing split between PGI and IGP. And we've been working on a lot of other stuff right now, like the vlog and you know, getting bandwidth issues, just trying to get stuff up. We're, we're, we're redoing a lot of the website right now, and some of the stuff has dropped off. So, you know what? Kicked in the pants by Phil. I'll make sure, <laughs> I'll make well, sure just, we get that off. Like we'll continue to remind you. We'll help you remember. Don't worry. <laughs> It's yeah. okay. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll make sure uh, Mr. Fox gets that uh, up as soon as possible. Okay, and I think Jason had a question. Jason, you want to? Uh... Yeah, I was just wondering if I could get a red smoke consumable for psychological warfare. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a consumable that is coming. Nice. <laughs> really? <laughs> awesome. Yeah, there we have go. a whole we have a whole bunch of those type of consumables coming out. So uh, look for an announcement a little shortly here. It's actually done. We're just waiting for a release date. Yeah, fake, fake already drops would bring me joy. <laughs> it definitely gives you those shit factor when like they're like, red smoke, red smoke. Ah, uh, you pucker, pucker. Boom, yeah. just goes down. But, Could we get right. confetti instead of... Yeah. I know, right? Brian, we know you gotta go. It's way past your, your work hours. Again, appreciate you being here and taking the time. Almost a two-hour podcast. I, I, I just want to say thank you. I'm sure we're gonna do this again, and obviously moving towards the whole you know vlog and interviews we really hope people enjoy that um it's been uh it's a unique perspective of seeing you guys in the environment you work at and i think it it helps people understand who you guys are and then obviously you guys are able to communicate um you know what's coming out uh like this podcast uh in the future and uh yeah they can relate a little bit more when they see your face and your enthusiasm and uh yeah so awesome uh we've been enjoying working you with you on that and of course, I just want to say thank you to Darren, Brandon, and uh, Jason for joining us as well. Thank you to our community, our listeners, new and old, and of course, our amazing staff and our sponsors. This was your local No Guts, No Galaxy MacBoard podcast. Signing off for tonight, this is Phil. This is Darren. This is Brandon, also known as Patrick Hill. And this is Jason, dropping a red smoke. Yeah, shout out to the community. Thanks, guys, for sticking with us. You know, the next six months is going to rock. I'm so excited. And that's Brian Ekman, creative director of Corona Games. Until next time, Mech Warriors. It'd be best if you avoid me, but I know you probably can't. You sense something is wrong with me, you can feel it on my skin, but there is more with it. Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot Forever disconnected from you